Two o'clock, it is Tim Moore, the Speaker of the North Carolina House. Speaker Moore, how are you, sir? I am doing well, Pete. I hope you're great today, sir. I, I am doing well as well. So uh, are you all finally done? Is this it? Is it over? Well, we're done for now. How about that? <laughs> uh, we, we, we're, we're only set to come back in and deal with uh, any litigation issues that, that come up. Of course, the redistricting litigation that's out there, which, uh, mm-hmm. I know, by, which by the way, we got a very uh, favorable ruling today. Yeah, can you talk about that? Like, can I circle back with you on that? Absolutely, absolutely. So, so schedule-wise, the plan is that, that we are hopefully done, but again, we're, we're here to deal with any litigation issues, redistricting, those kinds of things that may come up. And so we'll, we'll come back in on the uh, 30th, or, or excuse me, come back in the 10th, and then we come back the 30th. And, uh, but realistically, we're not going to really be back around January 5th. That'll be a short thing. And then hopefully we'll be able to, to be gone for a few months. You know, we, we're supposed to be a part-time legislature, but it just hasn't felt that way for a while. Well, and that it, that that raises another uh, set of questions because I saw Brian Turner uh, from Buncombe County. He announced uh, that he's not running for reelection, and I think there are a lot of people, Republicans included, that were uh, surprised by it, but also kind of sad because he was a guy that a lot of people felt like they could work with. I got to tell you, he I mean, he's a Democrat, but he when I was in Asheville, he would call into the show, he would come on the show. So, um, like, I I give him a lot of credit for that, and. Uh, he just seemed like somebody that a lot of people could work with, um, and, and it wasn't really uh, a lot of animosity with him. But he says, like, it, it just it's taken up a lot of his time, this long session, and, you know, commuting from uh, Asheville into Raleigh, it's a long way to go. And uh, for a part-time legislative position, he just can't make it happen. The sacrifice is too much. You know, he's not wrong. Um uh, he's uh, he, he he's he's not wrong because it, but it has been a really really challenging year um, with you know with COVID and what all it did with the budget and just having to adapt to those uh, th- those challenges yeah uh, with the with the divided government with a, having a governor that uh, you know, we didn't always see eye to eye with on things it just uh, it posed a lot of unique challenges and so it was uh, it, it just kind of led itself to to being a, a longer session. And then once it kind of got late in the year, we realized we were going to have to be here for redistricting anyway, so that it didn't make sense to kind of adjourn and then come back if we were we were still working. So it kind of rolled into the uh, legislative redistricting session, and we did that. And then, of course, we just finished up the budget. But I'm yeah. going to tell you, Pete, this what it's uh, I don't know. I've had somebody. Uh, I had one of my members compare it to like childbirth, right? To forget <laughs> how bad, it, how how painful, and how rough it was when the when the baby's there. Well. Uh, a lot of folks were talking about that when we finally had this budget that passed. We'd been here this long, and it kind of folks forgot how long and how rough a session it had been. Because you think about it, this budget we just passed is going to lower taxes, the lowest in the in the state in decades. Uh, it's investing infrastructure funds in wise ways. It's uh, reining in some of the governor's powers. It's doing a lot of great things, and so you know we're uh, it, it. It feels a lot better now. It feels like maybe the time was was well spent. And, uh, and of course, I, I know the next topic is about the redistricting. And I think the yeah. fact that the court today ruled in our favor and not moving filing or uh, primaries shows that the court is recognizing that we did it right, that we, you know, we, we, we did this fair. We didn't gerrymander districts. We had a good uh, process in place. We had a great uh, product, and we've done something to really fairly – uh, and fully represent the citizens of this state. So uh, I think we're I think things are going very well.
I've seen uh, some of the reporting and some of the reaction uh, from this judge. I think Shirley is his name. And uh, the judge said, or or they're saying that this ruling didn't address the merits of the case. It was procedural. Is that accurate or is that um, or, or not? That, that's accurate. Uh, so okay. what? So, but but part of the procedural motion of taking this is the court has to rule whether or not the plaintiffs, those those challenging the districts, are likely to succeed on the merits of their case. And so, uh, by the court not granting that injunctive relief, that at least infers that this judge um, does, did not find that there was a likelihood of success on the merits of the case for the folks challenging the districts. And by the way, this same judge is also the chair of the three-judge panel that's going to be weighing on this case, I believe, either at the end of this week or sometime next week. So um, that, that I'd say that that bodes well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, not, I'm certainly not spiking the ball over it or anything. I'm just, you know, I, I, it's what I came and said on your show and other places for now. I mean, we, you know, we followed the rules. We did it as, in as open and transparent and as reasonable process as we know to do it. And the net effect is we're going to have districts that make sense. They 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 don't you know they don't look weird. They're not gerrymandered. I mean they're they're great districts that we can all be proud of. Right. So the the ruling doesn't look at the rule. It doesn't look at um, whether or not the 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 districts were drawn properly or what data was used. Right. He didn't even kind of go in in depth on the lines and the rules and that sort of stuff. Right. I think uh, what I what I believe he he looked at was is there a need to is is there such a likelihood that the plaintiffs will succeed on the case, uh, meaning to set aside the districts that the court needs to stop the filing period and delay the primary to give the court time to litigate the issue. Uh, a lot of folks would say that if the court felt like that there was something wrong with these districts, the court would have slammed the brakes on filing next week. I mean, if, if the court had a problem with them, why would the court allow filing to happen next week? Why would the court keep the primaries in March in place if that were the case? So that all bodes well. But at the, but in all fairness, that doesn't mean that the court couldn't come in and say, wait a minute, um, time out, we're going to undo this, everybody's got to file again and move. I mean, the court could still do that, but it would just seem to me unlikely for a court to go through that uh, get through those steps if gotcha. the court was going to ultimately not hold these districts uh, up as, as legal. Gotcha. Um, one of the things that no, was not in the budget, Medicaid expansion, budget gets signed, and now the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary, Mandy Cohen, is uh, resigning her post. So I guess writing's on the wall. Uh, as I understood it, she was kind of brought into the Cooper administration for the Medicaid expansion. So is that... Well, is that your read on the situation, or is that just uh, mine? <laughs> I, you know, in all candor, I don't know that there's a relation to that. I really don't, because um, I, I don't think so. Because she was, I mean, I think she met, she advocated for expansion, but uh, was never really in a position. That, that's not something that she could deliver for the governor at all, right. and, and frankly, that the governor could deliver. Uh, I made it very clear. Weeks ago, uh, when, when, of course, they were all uh, trying to put the pressure on me to, to, for the House to come along with this to, on expanding Medicaid, I said, we don't have the votes to do it, and we're not going to do it. And I'm not going to go in and try to twist arms and force people to vote against something that they are opposed to. So um, as a result, we did not expand Medicaid. And, of course, we ended up, just as I predicted, mm-hmm. we got a budget passed. That's a great budget that did not expand Medicaid. We didn't need to do it. 
Now, I will say this. We're going to have to deal with some of this stuff that's coming down from Washington right now. We're going to have to deal with what the Biden administration is doing and what this you know, far-left Congress is doing right now by uh, passing all of these mandates and, and all this expansion of entitlement. And I mean, We're going to have to deal with that as a state, and I don't know, Pete, what we are going to do. We're going to we're going to hold the line as best we can to, to fight this, this interference and this overreach. But I don't know ultimately how that plays out. And uh, I think that, that you'll probably see this issue as a conversation piece when we come back in the short session. And who knows how it'll play out. So here's, uh, here's one. Jones and Blunt uh, on Twitter says, Rumors on Jones Street are flying that after initially turning down a Senate run, Mandy Cohen could indeed be preparing to enter the race after all. <laughs> Have you heard that? You know, there you go. There you go. I, who knows, right? Right. I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, look, look. I, I, I've told people this before, right? Uh, last election, um, when, when or, or last year in 2020, when the governor was on TV, you know, like several times a week, and of course Secretary Cohen was there. I mean, they were pretty well known, not mm-hmm. always popular, right? But but well known, and certainly the, I would say that a lot of that probably contributed to the governor winning re-election. I mean, that's a lot of free airtime. I mean, that's a, that's pretty serious. What would it cost to buy that time, right? Well, um, if you have so to ask, you know, that's what they say. If you have to ask. You can't afford it. Right. There you go, right? So it's a lot, right? It's a lot more than this guy can afford. I, maybe you, Pete, you know what? I hear you got deep pockets. You run in the right circles. You, you probably got the juice, man. You can afford it. But, you know, yeah. little Tim Moore from Kings Mountain, man, I can't even, I, I, I can't even envision numbers that large. So right? first step is to get a pandemic. Second step is to be governor, and then, uh, and then I think that's how that happens for you. But yeah, look, I agree. I think that that being on TV uh, once a week for a year definitely helps, especially when you can control the um, the press corps that gets access to ask you questions through the you know the call screening software. I think right. it's a, it's a very effective strategy. It is. So, so I'm just curious. Yeah, how, why were you never asking those questions? See, I was always waiting for you to like do the zinger and like the little drums in the background and like just you know, like there he goes. I never heard you, man. <laughs> no, it's they. Yeah, thanks, they for, thanks for the drums. There you go. They never gave me the call-in codes. I'm as shocked as you are. I never. All right. <laughs> All right, Pete. All right. So I know a guy. I'm going to find out for you. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to get you hooked up there. All right. Well, now they could do in person. I, but uh, but and also at the time I was just doing my lowly little old podcast. So, uh, but now you know now I think uh, I mean our guy uh, Brett Jensen he gets in he gets to ask some questions every now and again now that they've opened it up. But uh, and we'll see what happens today three o'clock. Governor's got another press conference uh, uh, COVID briefing today, so we'll see what he has to say. I guess. But uh, kept you way later than uh, than we planned for. I appreciate your time as always, sir. And uh, I guess enjoy your downtime. <laughs> Hey, listen, enjoy it, and I'll tell you what, in this session, by the way, it's been long, it's been tough, but we have great results at the end, and I'm, I'm just really proud of where we are moving the ball down the, uh, down the field. Um, it, it is, uh, it's been a great day, and North Carolinians are going to like it when you know, tax time comes around and they pay less taxes. Yeah. My problem is they're going to need that additional money to save because uh, Uncle Joe's sticking it to us at the gas pump and every, for everywhere else, so hey. <laughs> We'll do the best we can, right? That's right. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, State Speaker of the House, Tim Moore from Cleveland County. As always, a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right, take care.